see all the blue tits that were just flying around us then? Yeah, so nice. Yeah. Yeah, one over there. Oh, look, see, two. So I think if we follow this route, we'll find somewhere along the way to record the podcast and then we will head up Ivanhoe Beacon in the background. Yeah, cool. Hello, I'm Liv Bolton and welcome back to Series 7 of The Outdoors Fix, a podcast to inspire you to make adventures outdoors a bigger part of your life. In this third episode of the series, we're going to be heading to the Chilterns in Hertfordshire, which is a very special place for me because it's where I grew up. Back in the summer, I went for a walk there with Kate Capelli, the founder of the adventure community group for women, Adventuress in the Wild. It was a brilliant afternoon and a fascinating conversation. But before we get to it, I wanted to say thank you so much to all of you who listened to the first couple of episodes in this series. With mountain biker Vicky Balfour, and Special Forces veteran and Wainwright record setter, Chris Gaskin. It's been so lovely to read your messages and feedback. If you listened to the episodes and enjoyed them too, it would be amazing if you could subscribe or write a review on Apple Podcasts about them and spread the word to your family and friends about the Outdoors Fix. I also wanted to thank the outdoor footwear company Merrill for kindly supporting this podcast. Their backing makes the Outdoors Fix possible and they always allow me the freedom to find the people and stories I think are important to showcase. Their support of community groups and grassroots initiatives in the outdoors are one of the things I like about working with them. And I also love using their Moab Speed hiking shoes, which are seriously comfortable. Merrill have kindly offered listeners of the Outdoors Fix a 20% off discount on their shoes at merrill.co.uk. So just use the code FIX20, which is valid on all full price items on their website. Anyway, let's head to the Chilterns and hear all about my third guest in this series. I'm walking in a wood in the National Trust Ashridge Estate in the Chilton Hills, which is about 30 minutes north of London. It's a beautiful wood, actually. I've got oak trees, beech trees, elderberry bushes, lots of bramble bushes around me. I've just seen two deer as well who were in front of me on the path, two brown deer, and I think I kind of slightly surprised them. They've now trotted off. But I'm here to meet Kate Capelli. Kate, in the last few years, has set up an adventure community for women called Adventuress in the Wild. And they do everything from weekly walks in London along the Thames Path, through to hikes in Surrey in the Chilterns, through to wild weekends in Snowdonia, the Peak District, the South Downs. There's so many things going on. And she's created a really big buzz around this community. And she's opening up adventure to so many women. And I'm excited about chatting with Kate to find out about what sparked the idea to set up this adventure community, how she actually does it, how she runs it, and also how it's really profoundly changing her life. So hopefully she'll be here in a few minutes. We can go for a lovely walk to Ivinghoe Beacon, which is nearby, which is an iconic hill in this area. Got beautiful views of the surrounding countryside. Should be a nice afternoon out. Kate, hello. Hi. Thank you very much for coming on the Outdoors Fix podcast. It's so lovely to have you on it. My pleasure. We are in the Chilton Hills in the Ashridge National Trust Estate near Ivinghoe Beacon, which 
I know you've been to before a couple of times with your group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's one of our favourite spots. Yeah, it's a beautiful spot. It's a chalk downland. We're sitting in a very meadowy place and it's the start of the Ridgeway, which is a, a national trail that goes from here, 87 miles to Avebury in Wiltshire. So a lot of people know it from, from that way. Yeah, but, beautiful. Yeah. Can you just describe exactly where we're sitting? So we're sitting in a lovely meadow. I have a view of rolling hills, uh, a lot of sheep, uh, quintessential English countryside. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really stunning. Great day. Um, yeah, and the sun's poking out a little bit. We do have some black clouds. Hopefully they won't reach us. Mm, I know there does look like a sort of curtain of rain coming towards us. So yeah. hopefully we'll get, <laughs> we'll get through that. So Kate, you are the founder of an adventure community for women based largely around the London and the South East. And it's called Adventurous in the Wild. Uh, it used to be called Adventurous Hikers. Yeah. Um, so can you just tell me a bit about what activities you do and sort of where you go in the country? Yeah, so it's, you know, we're based largely out of London, um, particularly right now that's because where I'm based um, and I run most of the events uh, and lead them. But we are sort of UK wide. Um, so we've got a Facebook presence as well on a group that has 1600 members now. We do a lot of hikes around London. So we come here to the Chilterns. Uh, we pop down to Surrey Hills. Because the thing about London, people think there's nowhere to hike, but there actually is. We're surrounded by quite a few different parks um, and areas of beauty. So, uh, you know, we sometimes get out to places as well, like Seven Sisters. Oh, down on the south the coast. coast. Yeah. yeah. So we are really quite spoilt for choice, even though we are in London. So you do hiking. You also do wild camping and go away for weekends. Is that right? Yeah, so uh, trying to get us out for weekends now. So hopefully one a month, um, starting to run these for the summer. So we went to Snowdonia actually, I think that was back in May oh, yeah. for a weekend and that was absolutely incredible. Um, I work with a lady that runs Snowden Hikes, that's Gemma. Um, and she set it up for us. So that was really great. And that was really a sort of taste of what we could be doing with the group. So that went really well. Um, so now we're sort of running our own um, adventure weekends. So we've got one coming up in the Peak District. You know, we're staying in Castleton and we'll explore Mantor and places like that. And in Snowdonia, what, what did you do on those couple of days? Was it just, just hikes or did you do any wild swimming? Yeah, so um, Gemma took us up a mountain um, we did a little bit of intro to scrambling. We went to a secret waterfall. Okay, yeah. So I'm not allowed to disclose no, the location. Very, very fair enough. But, um, yeah, we were taken to um, a waterfall to, to do a bit of wild swimming. And she brought along another female guide who's trained in that. So just teaching us breathing techniques and mm. things like that, because as you can imagine, in May, very, very <laughs> chilly in the water. Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah, but we managed to get in. Whenever someone actually immersed themselves in the water, you know, like whooping and yeah. clapping. So that was a really incredible experience. And I just thought, you know, I, just, I feel like I really lost myself in that moment. I just felt so proud of this. Why do you think people want to be part of an adventure community? I think, um, well, particularly in London, 
it's it's quite hard to find i think it's not people's first thought nobody thinks i'm going to move to london and get into the outdoors so when people come to london and they do sort of crave that outdoor lifestyle as well as everything else it's quite hard to find and quite hard to find other people that are into that as well so i feel like we've sort of given them access to that mm. just to find other people that love climbing love hiking getting out in nature which also when you're living in a city it's sort of a necessity sometimes to be able to escape the madness for a little bit um, and just connect with other women. The beauty about London is that people are coming to live there from all communities, cultures, countries, you know, from all over the world. And that's the first thing they want to do. They just want to meet people. And we're just giving them sort of portal to that, really. Yeah. And I suppose showing them the routes available that they might not be aware of. Yeah. Which is yeah, great. Absolutely. A lot of people who come on our hikes, and when I give a little briefing at the start, has anyone been here before? It's really rare anybody will actually say yes. So it's a really rewarding feeling as well for me to be able to show everyone, look what's around London. You had no idea it was here, but you know, here it is. And yeah, it's always great feedback after. And so on your social media, you say that the group is inclusive of all who identify as women, mm. particularly women of colour and members of the queer community. Mm. So why is that particularly important to you? Um, I think, you know, we can feel in the outdoor world, let's say, um, you know, when you start getting outdoors, you notice it's it's a very similar theme of, of who and what you're seeing. And I think we just want to change that um, and we want to make the outdoors accessible to everyone. Um, I mean, I myself am queer. Yeah, I just wanted to introduce the outdoors to also these other communities that might not have even thought about it before or they feel intimidated because they think, well, I look at all of these photos and advertisements, I don't see myself mm. there. And it's, it's for everyone. Mother Nature is for everybody. So, yeah, it's, it's very important for that to try and, you know, because we say as well we're for femmes and thems because obviously now gender is, is a bit more fluid, but we are, you know, a largely female group. But, you know, it's not strictly for extreme feminine energy or anything like that. I mean, that's, that's not how I carry myself. So, yeah, just making it really accessible to... to all sorts of different people. So some of the members of the groups, when they've um, been out on your hikes or your weekends, how does it make people feel? It's always great feedback that we get. Um, I get a lot of people thanking me, but I thank them because I just, for me, is is rewarding to be able to show people the outdoors. So I'm getting a big kick out of it as well. But yeah, I think they just feel happy, you know, to have the opportunity to put away their phones, forget about the stresses of London, um, about whatever's going on in their lives at the time and just be fully immersed in the moment. And that's, that's how they describe it really. Um, just to be able to let go and connect with a group of women, which a lot of people uh, that come on our walks 
express that's what they really love to get out of it because I mean the diversity of the conversations that we end up having um, I mean it can be really radical like we, we speak about literally anything there's sort of no topic off the table um, so even that side of it as well just we we laugh a lot you know and it always sort of ends in a pub or somewhere over a pint yeah. so yeah that's the beauty of walking isn't it to have those conversations that can kind of go on and on and it's not a lot of people say you know you're not having to look someone in the eye and you can be more open and see where those conversations go yeah definitely it's not in a really formal setting it's not awkward um and there's the beauty of meeting people you've never met is i feel like that judgment isn't there you feel like you can be more open with people that you've never met which is really strange uh but it's just how it works out yeah, yeah. so i would love to go back a bit and find out where this all started so you grew up in essex and then you moved to london to be a police officer and then you decided to quit that and go and travel for six years around the world <laughs> which i've been looking at some of your photos where you've been absolutely staggering so is that where you found your love of hiking when you were traveling it was yeah an ex of mine actually we met traveling asia and then we both moved to australia together and then she sort of expressed wanting to do all these hikes she was always talking about she'd done the annapurna circuit oh wow in nepal yeah she'd hiked most of iceland done wild camping so she was always like telling these cool stories and it's not something I myself had ever done and then she started saying about us going to do this overnight hikes I'm thinking do I want to do that can I do that is that a bit of me I don't know so we did we decided to do an overnight hike it's called Wilson's Prom the the southernmost part of Australia there's a national park um, and it's south of Melbourne and it's this beautiful jungled landscape with these wild beaches uh, that stretch on for miles. Wow. And when you walk onto these beaches, you can kind of feel like you've discovered them because nobody else is there. Wow. So she took me on this hike and um, I remember I'd borrowed all the gear, the backpack, everything. I think I had hiking boots, um, you know, like the cheapest ones in Decathlon at the time or mm. something. Yeah, we started this hike and, and five minutes in, with all this heavy load on my back, I thought, I don't think I can do this. Mm. This just seems mad. Like, what are we doing? What, what's the point of this? And then I always remember the moment, you know, fast forward a few hours later and we stepped out onto this gigantic beach, this white sand and, and the wildness of it. And, and uh, yeah, the isolation, there was nobody else there. And I'd never seen anything like it. And I thought, okay, the only reason that we've got this to ourselves is because we just hiked out here and that's the reward. And I think I started to link the two mentally. And after that first multi-day hike, I think I was hooked after that. And then she made me do a seven day hike after that. So it kind of went from there. Wow, where was that? That was the Overland Track in Tasmania. Oh, wow. Yeah. So tell me about some of the hikes you've done around the world. I've seen pictures of you doing incredible hikes in Canada. Um, yeah, because I lived in Canada for a couple of years. So if anyone's into the outdoors, I mean, that's the place to go. And, and we're really lucky being from the UK because we can do the holiday work visa, same as Australia. 
Um, so it gives you an opportunity to go and live out there and, and just get to know the landscape. In Vancouver's Garibaldi Park right on your doorstep. So really easy to just go for a weekend, hike to glacial lakes. Oh. Yeah, camp right next to them and feel like it's just your own. Wow. Uh, just endless, thousands of hiking trails. Um, but yeah, I've hiked in other places around the world as well on backpacking trips. So South America. South America is very hike heavy uh, on the activity list. So, you know, obviously Machu Picchu, you've got the Lost City in Colombia, places like this. So it's, it's a great place to tour if you're into hiking. Mm. So all these hikes around the world then, which sound amazing. You touched on it just a minute ago, talking about Australia and how you felt, but really how does hiking make you feel? I think when I'm out hiking and I'm really into solo hiking, ironically, yeah. uh, <laughs> I love doing both, but I notice when I'm solo hiking is when I really switch off. I think I'm, I'm quite a naturally hyperactive person, <laughs> uh, a little bit all over the place. And it's rare that I'll just sort of sit, take in the moment, enjoy what's around me. And when I'm hiking, I definitely do that. Sometimes I just go out and I'll, I'll put my phone on airplane mode, um, switch off the notifications and, and just get out there and take it all in. Yeah, it's just an opportunity to switch off and that's that's the main thing about it and really appreciate this planet that we live on, which I think we can all take for granted and appreciate how nature works and yeah, sit and watch it all unfold. Mm. Well, you were on a hike when you had to come back to the UK after six years of travelling because the COVID pandemic came and mm you know, that all the countries started shutting down. So you came back to the UK, went to Bristol, and that's where you set up this adventure community. Mm. So can you tell me about why you set it up? What was the moment you thought, and, and you know, what was the reasoning behind it? Yeah, um, I'd always been a little bit obsessed with creating these communities and groups. I don't know what it is, just everywhere I go, I feel like I need to create this. Um, so I'd done it in other countries previously and when I moved to Br I moved to Bristol on a bit of a whim. I just came back to the UK after, after the six years and thought, where is it I want to go? Some people had said Bristol's a cool place. I was like, okay, I'll try there. And then I realised there were loads of these Facebook groups for women that love climbing, that love hiking. Um, there's a really great group there, um, Bristol Hiker Girls, I think they've renamed to and I just sort of got into all these groups and just said, hey, I've just moved here. These are the kinds of things I'm into, the outdoors and, and climbing and hiking. Is anyone else into this? And then I just had an overwhelming amount of responses uh, across all these different groups. I don't know, I, it was just my instant reaction to that was, okay, I'm gonna set something up, invite all these girls from all these different groups mm. into one and then we can arrange something, which is essentially what I did. So the group originally was called Adventurous Bristol. Uh, and we started by bouldering at one of the bouldering gyms. And we started doing it every week. And at first I remember it was just one person that came along, um, who's still my friend today. 
good. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then it just grew, you know, two people, five people, until, you know, I didn't want to break lockdown laws. So it became a bit awkward because I had to just have six people, I think, mm. at one point. But yeah, it was really growing. And it's funny because the group of girls I actually met through those initial meetups um, are still my friends today. So yeah. if I go to Bristol, I still meet up with them now. Just we formed this real community. And I thought, okay, this really works. You moved back to London. And so it really was from April 2021 that mm. your group really took off. I suppose mm. restrictions had kind of lessened mm. and you were able to get out more. So tell me about how you sort of grew the community in London. My dad was sick, so I had to come back to London um, and leave Bristol behind. And then around about April, and, and at this time, I mean, we were pandemic pandemic living and I was doing a lot of like solo hiking. Um, and I thought, what if I set it up here? Would it work? You know, the people that would do it here, do they need this? And, and at this time, this is just something I did for fun. This, this had no direction. It was just literally something for entertainment purposes only. Uh, so I set it up again started up the same method just asked around and then um had a load of girls join the group in london and it went from there i just started running events again every week the bouldering and beer was probably one of the first ones we did some sunset walks uh, and just absolutely loving the experience of having this community again and i'd say you know a year on uh, the same people coming again and again it's provided me with, with this sort of like family of friends who are really into the same sort of things as me because yeah. in London, my friendship circle, they're not really into the outdoors. Um, I think I suggested doing all of the UK's highest mountains and camping. And one of my friend's reactions was, is it going to be cold? because I don't like being cold. Yeah. I was like, oh. Each oh. to their own. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You need to find people that, you know, want to do the same things as yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's for some people and it's not for others. Um, so I just feel really lucky that through the group, I've managed to connect with all these people and that they've managed to connect with each other as well and That's, find. Yeah. Because I mean, what I was going to say is just that it's really grown. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I really do pu push social media posting um, that's something I like to play around with so a lot of people find us through socials uh, a lot of people um, discover us through word of mouth which is really great because we get a lot of people joining by saying they they were told by a friend about the community or I guess they see it in their social media posts and ask what's this who is this group what where, where did you find all these women to climb with or hike with mm. so yeah I think it's just it's caught fire in a way and and it's sort of rolling by itself i don't really put a lot into advertising it so yeah it's great that it's sort of snowballing if you like yeah well it's a huge group now and lots and lots of events like you say weekly events then you've got your weekends away you're the only one who organizes this so it seems a hell of a lot of work so how does that fit around your life how have you made it work yeah, so initially I was, you know, I had a job um, and I was doing the group. What I've been putting into the group, initially it wasn't as much time and then it just grew and grew until 
what it essentially became was me doing it as a full-time job alongside my full-time job because wow, yeah. uh, I was just really loving you know building the community uh, helping people discover this so and I was actually enjoying it more than my job which was as a travel agent it was right? as a travel yeah. agent yeah and I love travel as well so that was great but um, I think because it wasn't my baby I just felt so much more invested in in adventurous so yeah I, I eventually quit my job um, to pump all of my time into adventurous and just basically see where it could go yeah. um, and what it could grow into and what the possibilities were with it so that's that's quite you know that is quite a big move so how are you I think we spoke about before how because of your years traveling you're quite used to moving around jobs and picking up different things is that reason why you were sort of prepared to quit that job a bit more yeah yeah um i've, I've lived quite a nomadic lifestyle i guess since 2014 um, until i came back in 2020 sort of jumping from job to job and you know i've enjoyed my jobs it's just i like to experience new things so you know since my career with the met police i haven't taken on a job that i feel would be drastically life-changing if i let it go and there's a real freedom in actually doing that so yeah i i didn't feel like it it was a huge shake-up if i left my job in the travel agency and i was actually feeling a bit jaded with it towards the end anyway um i mean trying to sell travel in a pandemic it's uh <laughs> yeah it's a tricky industry right uh, now isn't yeah it? there's a lot of testing rules to explain day after day but yeah i didn't feel that it was a huge risk for me my outlook was if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out i can get another job so yeah i just went in with that mindset basically so with the community becoming your full-time thing now you have qualified as a hiking guide which is also known as a lowland leader mm-hmm. um, so it means that you're qualified to take groups in lowland countryside and in the woodlands around the uk so i mean that's fantastic and and why did you want to do that and what did you have to do to make that happen i it's funny because when i got back to the uk in 2020 i considered it and i remember looking at the path on the program to becoming a hiking guide a qualified hiking guide and i looked at it then two years ago and i wrote down all the costs of what it would take because it's not the cheapest of endeavors but then i got the job at the travel agency so i sort of let that slide and then it's only after the year and really pushing forward with adventurous that i thought okay i do think i actually want this qualification and that's actually another reason why I quit the job because I never would have got the time off to do my mountain leader course because um, it's a five-day course but it was in Snowdonia so essentially I needed a week so I actually booked the course before I even left my job just knowing that's what you know it kind of gave me that kick I needed to get out the door yeah. um, and move in that direction so yeah I booked this course did the mountain leader training 
Um, so it would, you know, eventually I'd hopefully be mountain leader qualified, but the, the quickest route in, um, the lowest assessment is the lowland leader. And I booked that, I think two months after my course. So I didn't leave myself a lot of time, which was very panicky, but, um, yeah, got through it and, uh, passed that. So. Oh, it's, it's a great feeling it's a really great feeling yeah. Yeah. so what are the things that you had where did you do the assessment and what are the things that you had to kind of show your knowledge of and your skills yeah so uh i did it with um a guy he owns his business called outdoor matters so his name's matt um and he runs uh, all sorts of different things including the lowland leader assessments in the gower I'd never been to the Gower, so I thought... Southern Wales, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I thought, why not book it there um, rather than, you know, on my doorstep, it'd give me an excuse to go. And I think at the time when I had to go there, I was like, why have I done this? <laughs> oh, I've got to drive all the way to the Gower. <laughs> um, but when I got there, wow, like if anyone's listening, you haven't been to the Gower, I mean, go. Really? Go now. I've it's, never been. Yeah. Wow, yeah. yeah. It's, it's absolutely mind-blowing um yeah it's really stunning i think now it's popping up in blog posts about places you didn't know existed in the uk just really stunning coastline really like fine white sandy beaches clear waters i mean it looks like something you'd never see in the uk to be honest um, so i was really happy i went there and especially for this because um, i think yeah offered me something a little bit different than if yeah. i was just doing it um in the fields in in england yeah. um so did you have to do like you know showing your navigation skills map and compass work yeah so it's um mainly about navigation work uh along um you, you know a chosen route uh you need to show a bit of plant knowledge uh which you know it, it doesn't Great. come naturally for me with the plant knowledge now i'm really getting into it and i love yeah. it um but that's something that if you're considering taking that path, um, it's worth sort of getting into that. And uh, yeah, just getting from point to point, just using map and compass. Uh, a lot of group management skills. So it's very, very heavy on group management, um, which is great. And I think that's a skill that can be utilized uh, in a lot of different areas, not even just hiking leader mm. and does it involve like a first aid and things like that yeah so i needed to get um a 16 hour outdoor first aid qualification which i booked up in yorkshire <laughs> again you like going around, around yeah, the country I, don't you i don't know why i do it to myself but uh yeah yorkshire's also stunning so that was definitely worth it so yeah an outdoor first aid qualification um and that's also really informative because the things that can happen outdoors i mean it's it's very different to dealing with a situation where you might be near a place of safety absolutely. or a hospital you know when you're out in the middle of nowhere you really need to know how to deal with that yes absolutely so obviously now it's your full-time focus so mm. how, how do you make it work for you initially all of the events um and i think which is how we built the audience in the first the community in the first place is initially uh, everything was free but then obviously if I wanted to put more time and effort into providing the activities or building on what we offered um, I needed to start monetizing it so I started charging a very small amount um, for people to come along on the hikes 
Uh, so we still do have free events, but for the hikes and things, now with the qualification and everything, um, I charge. So that, you know, and I'm really thankful to people when they come along and I always take time to thank people because what they're giving us is, is helping to grow our community together. Mm. And then obviously for the bigger trips as well. So that's able to sort of fund fund me going forward. You know, when you're a startup business as well, you can get some help on the side from the government. Um, luckily in the UK, that's something that's on offer, which I had no clue about until I started doing this and quit my job. So there are means of, of starting up because I think people are so daunted by it or when they think, where do I go or how do I do this? And how do people get the money to start something? I did have a little bit of money to help me out, but I think it's, if it's something that you're really passionate about and you're creating an experience that you think others will enjoy, you know, I think starting out for free is a really good way to go. And then if, if people keep coming back or you get really good feedback, don't be scared of making the next step where you actually maybe charge a small amount because that's the only way it's ever gonna start. And it's I think- It's not sustainable otherwise, is it? It's not really. Um, and it's also how you can make it grow and I think it's a scary step to start charging people for things, but you find people come and they're happy to pay because they want to support what it is that you're doing, then yeah, I mean, if, if, if anyone can do that, then yeah, go for it. And it's the only way to, to go forward if you want to make it grow and grow. What is it about leading this community that you really love? I think firstly, meeting all of the new people. I'm really quite inquisitive. I love hearing about people's lives, their backgrounds, the diversity of the people that come on our trips. Um, you know, we have mothers, we have doctors. Yeah, just people from all sorts of walks of life that I necessarily wouldn't be exposed to, you know, and then it's kind of like this hodgepodge of people all brought together and the conversations that evolve from that. So I think the community aspect is what I love the most and that's kind of how I advertise Adventurous is firstly as a social community and then an activity group and also just the excuse to get outside obviously like it gets me out walking, gets me climbing, I'm held accountable right I have to go yeah. so <laughs> yeah. keeping me really active and doing the things that I love with great people yeah. and also connecting them love the thought of connecting different people i've had people from the group they've turned up and they they act like they've known each other for years and i say oh where did you meet and they tell me oh for your group oh, and that's, that's so really nice, nice. Yeah. yeah what are your sort of hopes for the group because obviously it's growing and growing mm. it's become your full-time you know passion and career in a way yeah. so what are your hopes for it uh, just that it keeps going the way that it is now, really. Um, so more trips. Uh, my ambitions for it are sort of endless. So uh, it'd be really great to get people out to Europe, doing trips there. So, uh, you know, doing some crazy things. Via Ferrata, maybe. Oh, I love Via Ferrata. Yeah, That's like so almost cool. rock climbing, but with sort of um, sport climbing holds. Yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah, so where you sort of like 
getting your way for a route with chains and clipping yourself in metal steps and yeah so cool uh yeah just loads of different activities um and just sort of linking up so one of the things about adventurous is that i also want to help other females in the outdoor industry so connecting with as many as possible around the uk um, to try and organize cool trips for the group um, and work with them so trying to build on that because obviously i'm not qualified in everything so uh, paddle sports for example is a great one people love to go sup kayak so linking up with other instructors yeah 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 um, here and abroad i think wow and so then personally for you obviously you said you want to become a mountain leader at some point mm. what else do you see yourself doing in this area is this i mean obviously you've spent a lot of time traveling but is this where you really want to kind of pursue things do you think the outdoors industry yeah i think popping over to europe quite frequently would uh be quite nice mm. yeah because i am quite nomadic so it's quite hard for me to stay in the same place but i think the beauty of running this is it does give me an opportunity to constantly move around um, and i think um, showing the girls amazing places in europe will will sort of satisfy that hunger mm. uh, to constantly be moving so if you could sum up then what the outdoors has meant to your life then how would you do that um, it's definitely been life-changing for me i think before i got into the outdoors I didn't really have much of a direction um, so I think it's taught me so much uh, self-sufficiency as well because when you get into the outdoors um, I think if you really challenge yourself you can really learn what you're capable of as well and I think it's it's boosted my confidence um, in what I can do and what I want to do I mean, before I really got into the outdoors, I was sort of living in London and, and just um, spending all my time in the pub, which is great. And I do a lot of that now as well. But it, it gave me just this extra dimension to my life. And being outdoors, it's very like meditative, isn't it? And it's something that you can't find in many other activities. Um, so yeah, it just really helped me grow as a person, I think. Okay, who are the people, do you think, that have inspired your outdoors adventures? So, the people that spring to mind, um, uh, this might sound a bit tacky, but the movie uh, Wild. Oh, with Reese Which everybody must have seen, if you're listening to this. Uh, great film, still one of my favourites ever. Um, you know, with Cheryl Strayed, and she did the PCT basically with zero experience. And that's the Pacific Crest Trail that is um, the west coast of the US, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Thousands of miles. Yeah, it's trail. a massive endeavour. And I think watching movies like that uh, really sort of inspired me in, in what can be achieved if you think you can do it um, and really push yourself. So... I really love to give myself a challenge. So when I watch things like that, it makes me think maybe I could do this. If someone just undertook that with zero experience, I mean, why on earth not? Can anyone not do anything they want to um, with a bit of willpower? 
So I think watching that years ago really sort of made me want to get out there and, and see what I could do outdoors. Um, in terms of the community, I think there's, there's other communities like mine who have come before me that um, are sort of really inspiring. Um, so there's loads out there. There's Gutsy Girls Love Her Wild, you know, and, and reading reading the background of, of, of the ladies who run these groups, um, just really admirable. And that sort of gives you a lot of inspiration and makes you think, if you relate to their stories, um, I know Bex, she runs Love Her Wild. She has a little about herself on a page where she talks about jumping from job to job and never really settling. And I thought, it sounds like me, it sounds like I wrote that. So I think, yeah, people like that I find quite inspirational and um, yeah, encouraging as well. Um, and then just people I meet in my community who've done incredible things. I've had, I've had uh, women come along who've, who've just undertaken, you know, incredible feats um, outdoors and that fuels me as well. Um, and constantly being exposed to that is, I think, a driving force for sure. So Kate, do you have some tips for people about how to make the outdoors a bigger part of their life? Yeah, so there's things you could do uh, to sort of get you motivated. So things like, just simply downloading the All Trails app, uh, which is, you know, it's accessible for everyone. You know, it's you can download it for free and it will just show you trails in your area. So just to see trails almost that you could probably take from your front door, because mm. there's so many there mm. and everyone writes a little review on how it is. I think a lot of people think, okay, I want to go on a walk, I want to go on a hike, but how do I know where to hike? And that's sometimes the question I get asked. And that is usually my go-to. I just tell them, look, start with the All Trails app. Um, you know, you can follow it as you go, um, but it's just making that step to tell yourself you will do it. Mm. So write it into your schedule, you know, write Thursday, this is what I'm gonna do. And with these uh, elongated daylight hours that we get in summer here in the UK, um, it's possible to do these things after work as well. It doesn't even need to be during the day or it doesn't need to take up a weekend. Um, there's these things called micro adventures where you can just get out after five, six o'clock, go have a mini adventure and then go home. Um, it doesn't have to be anything taxing. You just, anything as simple as a, an hour long walk in the countryside um, and then building on it from there really. Even just getting outside, um, I used to journal a lot and just taking a diary or a book and just going to sit on a hillside or under a tree, just write some things down. Um, if, if walking aspect isn't for you, if you don't just want to go for a walk um, or you wanna go for a walk and still be a bit more productive, you can do that. Or go for a walk with a podcast. I used to listen to the Outdoor Fix on my, <laughs> on my walks. So there's other things that you can add to the walking um, if you're not quite ready to let go of, of everything else as well. Thank you so much, Kate. That's okay, thank I've, you. I've really, really enjoyed it. And it's a lovely little spot that we've been in and 
very sheltered and we're just mm. amongst all these beautiful wildflowers and long grasses and right by some hawthorn. It's been an all right afternoon. Yeah, really beautiful spot. Yeah, well, it's been great to hear about the group and really good luck with the rest of, you know, all your trips the rest of the year and how it progresses. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Thanks for listening to Kate's episode. You can see photos of Kate and a video from our walk on the Outdoors Fix website or on Instagram at The Outdoors Fix. You'll also find Kate on Instagram at Kate's Hikes and at Adventuress in the Wild. If you want to make the outdoors a bigger part of your life, did you know that The Outdoors Fix is now also available as a book? It's packed full of my podcast guest stories, tips and beautiful photographs to show how you can get outdoors more and feel the benefits. The Outdoors Fix book is available to buy through the link in the podcast show notes, as well as the Vertebrate Publishing website, Amazon and other bookshops. Regular listeners of The Outdoors Fix will know that I end each episode with some sounds of nature. So now it's that time to take a short moment to relax and listen to some birdsong I recorded a few months ago in the Chilterns. I hope you enjoy it.